Yeah. All right, here we go. The T-bone. <laughs> And chick brew. Let's God bless all these years. Just get it right one time. What do you want from me? Forty years they've been trying. You couldn't fire somebody if they were horrible, doing a terrible job for the veterans. And now you can say you're fired. <laughs> okay. No one listens to radio. And now for a quick disclaimer: the T-bone and chick brew show is brought to you by nobody. We have no sponsors. The show is still rated G for glorious. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> you hate me. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. That's right. We're back with a very special episode, a Thanksgiving Day episode, a very timely episode. It's going to require me to work extra, extra hard in a week of thanks and givings to get this episode out to the listening public in time to save them from such a horrible, horrible Thanksgiving nightmare disaster whatever that's it's it's the thanksgiving day episode and and also in this episode we'll be talking about reactionary videos we'll be talking about mukbang love me some mukbang podcast reviews and comedy in general of course as always we'll be talking about food because we love to talk about food We'll be throwing out some headlines, and we'll be doing some birthday bashing. Birthday burns. It's called birthday burns, not birthday bash. That's what's online for today. Hello, Chick Bro. Hi, how are you? Hola. I am good. I'm good. Bien. <laughs> I was looking for that in Spanish. Hey, here's a fun thing that uh, if you've lived in Europe for a, a substantial amount of time, you can't put on any clothes without finding euro in them. That's free money. It's two degrees down here in the studio. The cold temperature keeps the equipment cool, but uh, it also keeps me cool. So I'm going through my, uh, my assortment of clothing I rarely wear, uh, jackets and, and, and the type. And every jacket I put on has got a couple of euro in each pocket. So that's, that's <laughs> fun. It's free money. Yeah. Interesting thing about coin euro, you can't exchange it anywhere in the United States. So when you, before you leave Spain or wherever you may be overseas, before you leave there, take all the coins you have and give them to your friends. Well, hopefully I'll be seeing you in a few days and I will gladly take your coin. <laughs> <laughs> take it to a coin machine. They do have those now. You know, for years, there was no such thing as a Euro coin machine. And they have them now. They got one right there in the Puerto Mall road of people. I'm talking to you. Collect all. <laughs> you will be amazed how much, <laughs> how much money you have in Euros when you take it to the coin machine. Because, first of all, they're Euros. So they're worth more than your American change. Uh, the U.S. does not really have a successful dollar dom- denomination or two dollar denomination. But one euro and two euro notes are real things. So when you dump your change in that machine, it's going to kick it out and it's going to give you the receipt. You're going to walk over there. You're going to change it all in. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. And if you don't do that, then give the money to your friends and let them spend it on beer. I think the worst thing I ever did was not paying attention when I was in Poland and I didn't realize they have a $5 coin. And so I was going around 
shopping and like I always do, just throw in the change. Here's a tip. Buy the handful in my backpack. And I was like, paper seems light. Looked at the coins, was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the Had like I, I did $50 in coins. <laughs> and I was like, well, don't know when I'm going to go back there. Luckily, I got I got sent there for work and I didn't spend any of my per diem. I only used the coins from the previous trip and I still left with coin <laughs> left over. I was like, well, it's all, all money made. All money made at that point. I uh, Important lesson I learned this week when it comes to post-production. So I, every day I get a little better. When I'm making videos, I get a little better. When I'm doing post-production on the podcast, I get a little better. It's self-taught. So I'm learning as I go. Here's the important thing I learned this week. Normalize is not as good as auto gain. Yep. Big, big thing to understand there, at least in the software and the components that I'm using, when it comes time to even out our sounds and our voices with everything, I use uh, normalize because normalize seems like that makes the most sense. I want it all to be normal, but that is not what I need to do. What I needed to do what I hadn't been doing at least the last three episodes was auto gain and auto gain takes your lows and your highs and my lows and my highs and it puts them together on a nice even playing field. So none of our listeners ever have to reach for the volume control to turn it up and turn it down, turn it up when it's me, turn it down when it's you because my microphone is set so low right now. I keep turning my microphone down and down and down, but at the same time, I keep turning my monitor up, up and up. So I can hear myself, so I'm not shouting, but I'm hearing every sound. Like, if I go to take a sip of water, gloop, 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 I hear everything. If I touch my, if I touch my jacket the wrong way, I can, it is, what are those weirdos that are just, like, sexually attracted to sound? You know what I'm talking about, like the... I don't. No, no, there's this whole community. It's Remember when we first started talking about mukbang? There's this whole community, like DSRX or DSLR. I don't know what the heck they're called, but they... ASMR? I think that sounds right. What does that is mean? It, I don't know. Yeah, but ASMR sounds right. What's well, like a YouTube thing. And it's just people who like to listen intently to things. And then the ASMR community are the people who make these recordings, and it's just sound. Just ever. Yeah, like the people cutting the soap, which is weird and a waste of soap, but it does sound nice. I will say that. Wait a second. Cutting soap sounds nice? Yeah, obviously. I can't you don't imagine. have enough free time. <laughs> I can't even imagine what that sounds like. I Who, who you? Well, who you don't have to imagine because there's a video about it. Go check it out. <laughs> um, when's the last time you used barred soap? Yesterday when I took a shower. Okay. All right. So is it because your generation considers barred soap some kind of nuanced throwback? Is it aren't we cool kind of idea? Because the soap industries come a long way, you know? No, I mean, I have I have shower gel and I have bar soap. I have both. I like to mix it up. Do you use a washcloth? Yeah. I also have one of those silicone scrubbers, which is delightful. I uh, have a loofah. I have uh, things that squirt out of bottles at me. I, I, I you know, my, I, I embrace shower technology as as technology and showers advanced. I embraced it as like uh, wash rag is is great, and then there's loofah come along, and this is much better than that. 
especially- yeah i like the silicone scrubber because you're like it's like a it's like a glove and it has two sides one has like very fine scrubbers and then the other side has bigger scrubbers and mm, i'm insanely ticklish i don't think that would work for me I would be. T- I think you're thinking that it's longer than it is, but it's very nice. <laughs> it feels good on the skin. Plus, it doesn't. You can you can sanitize it. I mean, loofahs are kind of notorious for holding bacteria. Yes, but so are washcloths, or more appropriately, <laughs> wash rags. I don't know how lo- how many washes one goes with a washcloth, though. All of them. <laughs> I replace my loofah when it disintegrates, when it self, uh, when it when it kills itself. Like uh, I will use it, and I mean I'm using water and I'm using soap every time. So basically, I'm cleaning the loofah while I clean myself. I re- Do you put the loofah in the microwave with the dish sponge? No, no, none of this weirdness. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. We talked about it. I mean, yeah, like, I know it's a cleaning thing, but they kind of tend to hold bacteria at the, at the nut where it's all tied together. And that's why I wash daily. I wash my loofah daily. I use the loofah to wash my body, and I wa- use my body to wash the loofah. And when eventually the uh, thing that holds all the loofahness together uh, decides to kill itself and separates, and then I've got like 75 feet of loofah in the shower with me, and I'm wearing it like a feather boa, because I, I don't know. I'm getting to do far with. too graphic of a visual of you in the shower wearing the loofah, like a toga. Yeah, just imagine me from the waist up. And from there, it's pretty much, you know, it's okay. It's normal. <laughs> just a purple shirt. <laughs> in the shower, wearing a loofah like a toga. So, uh, yeah, I, got, I was really late on getting last week's episode out, and that's why I'm kind of putting it on myself to, to get this week's episode out. In time for Thanksgiving, I think, I think once upon a time you said Thanksgiving was your favorite holiday. It is. Yes. And, Not because of what it stands for or anything like that. I just love that Thanksgiving is the same food you have at Christmas, but you don't have to do gifts. And I remember having this conversation. And again, this isn't just for the new listeners. This is for my uh, adult dementia, because this conversation took place probably eight years ago. I, I agreed that Thanksgiving is an amazing holiday because there's food and there's no gifts. But I countered with, I liked Halloween better. Do you still feel that way? I don't. I don't. I've grown a lot since then, but I was just making the argument that candy is better than um, stuffing. I was wrong. I was so wrong. Stuffing is so much better than candy. (laughs) And I've got like a stuffing expert coming in this Thanksgiving. I, I I am bringing an expert stuffing maker into my household to make stuffing for Thanksgiving. I won't be there till the day after Thanksgiving. There will be plenty of leftovers. I <laughs> promise you there will be plenty of leftovers. Well, if you're not going to be here till the day after Thanksgiving, then we can't do a special T-Bone and Chick Brew Thanksgiving show together. Dude, it's a Black Friday special. <laughs> we've done Black Friday. We've, we've worked on Black Friday before. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember <laughs> pushing my way through the crowds of the Navy Exchange to interview people and find out why were they in line at six o'clock in the morning for the Navy exchange. 
I think it's it's I think it's like become some kind of weird tradition thing um, I, that I don't understand because I worked in the mall through high school and college and there's just nothing worse. It's the holidays. It's time to be with your family. You left your family and I get it. Maybe you need a break from your family, but you go on the coffee run or something and people are so angry. And one year we went to Berlin for the Christmas markets and we were in the Berlin wall museum and we were watching a video of the wall coming down and people crossing back over. And earlier that day we had watched people trample each other to get into a Walmart. And I just remember turning to Genevieve going, people are going into freedom with more control than people are going into Walmart. And it's terrifyingly sad. <laughs> all right. I want to go ahead and uh, I, I, I acknowledge all that. But while you were talking, I took a sip of this. Uh, this is holiday cranberry orange flavored seltzer water. I'm showing it to you on the camera. Uh, I know that might sound horrific, but it is delightful. I only wish I had put some honey whiskey in this before we started filming. That would be great. That was tasty. Uh, <laughs> the, the industries have gotten better. They are now doing like Black Friday week, and it's no longer this uncontrollable thing that they had created where the doors open at you know at midnight and kill anybody to get anything where they've just they've just i mean i just got a walmart flyer the other day and black friday sales started like on monday at, at an off time like at, at 7 18 a.m our black friday sales start and they've got enough stock and there's plenty of stuff nobody needs to kill themselves i just is there anything is there anything out there that you want so badly that you would wait in line for hours in frigid temperatures for the possibility of getting it? Is there anything out there like that for you? No, <laughs> because I'll wait six months and I'll just order it and it'll come to my door and I don't have to be cold about it. But when I worked at like Toys R Us and KB Toys, yeah, people would be at the door overnight. I did wait overnight one time for share tickets. But I was inside a store. Thank you, Beverly. Said <laughs> <laughs> they were good seats. It was totally worth it. <laughs> oh, I okay. Well, right. Was it the real share? Yeah. The um, again, we talk about it all the time. One of my favorite TV shows is Top Gear, and they did this one where they were escorting. They were uh, they were chauffeuring celebrities around, and James May is driving Cher around. And uh, eventually he, he realizes it might not be the real share. And in just the most British way possible, he goes, you're a bloke, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yes, I am. I am a bloke. <laughs> of their words. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so, yeah, there's there is there is nothing. There is nothing out there that I want so badly. And then it's just kind of a scam. Uh I think it's funny because like, God, I watched these women one year get into a huge fight over a my size Rapunzel Barbie. Why? One, that it was terrifying. The doll was terrifying. It was a three foot tall Barbie. No, 
you can't have that because it scares me. (laughs) We only had four of them and they were like fighting, full body fighting. And little high school me is like, "Um, please stop. Please stop. (laughs) Someone call security. I'm not security. I'm not scary. Is the timing right for the movie Jingle All the Way to be? Just watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. What a great movie. And not so much because of the context, but I mean, it's got Phil Hartman. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's got Sinbad. It was a fun movie. But one, it's not a surprise what the hot toy is going to be. It's not like the toy was released on Black Friday. They've been there. They've been available on your favorite online purchasing platforms. They've been available in the stores. You know what your loved ones are going to want. It's not a surprise. You know. Give me a camera crew. Give me a budget of a couple thousand dollars. I can make the best Black Friday videos. Because I would find, I would go to the audience and find out what is it, what is it you want, what is it you got to have, and I get a couple of people and like this is the thing that they want, uh, the, the 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 latest plunger, the latest uh, the latest <laughs> bidet, they want the latest thing. Oh, the bidet! Right, I get two of them side by side. I'm like, okay, I have one bidet. Whoever survives gets the bidet. Just, you know, take street fights to a whole new level, but you do it on Black Friday in line. And then as a twist, because, you know, as Julie Chen says, expect the unexpected. Uh, (laughs) In a twist, once the person wins the bidet, you're like, good job. Next contestant. And then you bring somebody else in and you just have them kill each other all day till you got a pile of bodies. And you do it with basically, you know. Mortal Kombat. gorilla crew of like two camera guys an announcer and one bidet box there's not even a bidet in the box it's just a box and what's in the box and and the views would go through the roof (laughs) as we edge closer and closer to your pending graduation date from the culinary institute of instituting culinary what did you do this week this week we did sous vide stuff so we cooked with hot water in bags <laughs> and controlled temperatures just the dumbest way of cooking ever didn't you buy your brother like a, a my brother-in-law oh yeah yeah yeah. here you go here's a bag put some water in it and cook with this no you put the food in the bag and then you let the hot water circulate around the food so you get the consistent temperature all the way around i don't like it i never liked it i don't even like the idea of it it's like as a poor person it's the most complicated way of cooking anything well I mean, not really, because you can cook it. You can set it up in the morning, and then when you come home, everything's ready. Yes, but you could also do that with a chemical cook. Yeah, yeah. With a what? A chemical cook. You know what I'm saying. You put the lime juice and the tequila and the chicken in the bag. Oh, gross, no. At the end of the day, you eat the chicken. No, you don't. (laughs) Because it's cooked. It's not chicken ceviche is not a thing, dude. Chicken ceviche is not a thing. <laughs> oh, my God. I have salmonella just thinking about that. I have to go to the hospital. I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, so uh, what kind of hot water bags were you cooking? Oh, we did vegetables. We did steaks. We did fish. Pasteurized eggs. Crazy. Crazy weird things. Science, just like a bunch of science experiments. I don't understand the 
pasteurization of eggs. I don't uh, help me help me understand that. You would just bring it up warm enough to kill the bacteria, but the egg is still eggy. He doesn't cook it like that. <laughs> so it's a warmed raw egg. Yeah. But warm to a temperature where you can't get all the amazing qualities of eating raw eggs? Yeah. Who eats raw eggs? That sounds In disgusting. the 80s, every hero in every movie was drinking raw eggs. That was where they the protein from. And that's what that was the spinach of the uh, 80s Popeyes. God, I hate eggs. I hate chicken and I hate eggs. I don't. And then the idea of a raw egg and chicken ceviche, just gross. <laughs> what is it about chicken that you hate so much? It's a what texture thing. It never do to you. It's a texture thing. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Turkey. Depends on what part of the turkey, but yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, well, we'll talk about it. So we're talking about your uh, cooking food in bags. <laughs> and you did a bunch of different things. You, did you do any of the, um, so, you know, I watched the cooking shows where they, mm-hmm. they, they bring in like the Bunsen burner and the, the fog machine and, and, uh, somehow they, they, Oh, the smoker, the like yeah. smoking gun. It, it yeah. was smoking in a ziplocked bag. There's a, there is a lot of unnecessary size. There's some dry ice involved, some liquid nitrogen. I just, yeah, we don't do that, but we did use this, the, the, smoke smoke gun to make a smoked celery root puree that was fantastic celery celery root yes puree yes is the celery root a part of the celery i've never seen no. <laughs> okay so it's it's a celery and i said you picture root i said you picture explain it to oh, me oh, it's like it looks like pictures <laughs> it comes out this it's like about the size of like a large grapefruit uh-huh. and it looks kind of like a brain oh and then- but it's green and white and then you so you have to peel it chop it into cubes we threw it in the bag we put butter heavy cream milk salt pepper in the bag vacuum sealed it cooked it in the hot water took it out put it in the vitamix put the smoker in hose into the vitamix turned it on so as it pureed the cubes it infused with the smoke and it was hickory flavored or hickory chips and it was fantastic okay i guess we're gonna have to take your word for that hey uh you told me you would teach me how to make the butter roses oh yeah can you tell me how to make butter roses or is it yeah, no, it's super easy. Well, it's not, I mean, it is, it's easy, but it's tricky. Um, you take a, we were using the, a tip from the piping bag, like you were for decorating a cake. Uh-huh. You take a stick of butter, take a vegetable peeler, run your vegetable peeler down the stick of butter right. to get a thin strip of butter. Thin strip. And then you layer it around the piping tip. Mm-hmm. And so you have a rose and then you just slide it off and place it. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. She spent thousands of dollars on a specialized culinary education to learn how to make butter roses. You're welcome she, for my service. She just told you. <laughs> she just told you in less than a minute. This is how you do it. You, you peel the butter nice and thin and you roll it around in a circle. 
I thought from the looks of the ones that you provided me in the pictures that you took like a butter square and then you took some kind of device and you just shaved down on it until it made that. I thought it was way more complicated. But no. you know, I could tell you there will be butter roses this Thanksgiving. What? I want to see pictures of your butter roses. I will. Uh, okay. I'm super excited. Or I'll just, you know, hand you one because you're going to be here. Well, what if they are all gone? What if you just eat them? I will reserve a butter rose. <laughs> this butter rose is for Chick Bro. <laughs> I also needed to hydrate. What was I going to talk about? My food adventures. <laughs> what did you cook in their instant pot this week? Nothing. Nothing. I, uh. What? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I'm not a person that does well with failure, and I failed on the cinnamon bread, and then I had to throw that out into the forest for the uh, nearby animals to reject, who have also not eaten it. When I was throwing this bread over the fence, the sound it made as it hit the ground 30 or 40 feet below was like that of a small body. It was just... This I cannot explain to anybody how dense this was. This this was so dense it should be like a new element on the periodic tables. It was, uh, you know, you you got your diamond chart and you got your lead chart. I don't know. I don't know how density is measured. I should know. I read books. I can't recall at the moment uh, how density is. Uh, what what element is the heaviest? But it's one of them. And this this would have beaten it. <laughs> Friday, I had a craving for biscuits, so I made biscuits from scratch. I didn't realize how easy biscuits are to make, and that they take like twenty minutes to make. Talk. Why do we not? Biscuits. Why do we not make biscuits more often? I, I don't know. Maybe we're we don't have the insight that you're about to provide us. Uh, flour, water, yeast. Yes. What? No. Flour, baking soda, milk, butter, salt. Okay. And this, and sugar. If you want to put it's a little sweeter. All right. Shave the butter or chop it into really tiny cubes, and then just throw it in your flour. Mix it up until you get kind of like crumbly. Then you put your milk in. Mix it so you have a dough. Flatten it out till it's about an inch. I don't have a biscuit cutter, so I just cut them into square biscuits. <laughs> cut them into squares, threw them on the pan, chucked it in the oven. 12 minutes later, I had biscuits, and I had homemade lavender honey butter on them. No, it was delicious. There, there's no uh, waiting for thing. All right. No, it's not It's not a yeast, though. It's not. It's not. Use the baking soda for the leavener to make it rise. So you don't have to wait for it to proof and rise, like, like you do with, like, brioche and other yeast breads. I feel like we should make all of our stuff with uh, a baking powder. Baking powder or baking soda? This one is baking soda. Yeah, I feel like we baking should make powder. No, this one was baking powder. We should make all bread with baking powder and get those evil little <laughs> sea monkeys out of our bread. Because they make things so much more complicated. But it does make things taste so good. That's true. When did American uh, when did the American version of Italian bread become soft? So Olive Garden breadsticks. <laughs> the producer. What's the other one? What's the other one? Uh, 
Fazoli's, the drive through Italian. They're oh, soft okay. sticks. I haven't seen that. It's gross. Don't eat there. Um, <laughs> the but I think it's, I think it's two rolls of bread. One of them is a French baguette, and the other is an Italian bread roll. And the French baguette, hard, kunk, 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 you know, what mm-hmm. you would expect Italian bread to be. And the Italian bread is like soft and delicate. And I'm like, no, if you're not cutting your mouth open on it, that's not Italian bread. <laughs> it's got to have a crust to it. It's got to have a soft, moist inside, but it's got to have a hard, dangerous crust on the outside. Kind of like right. real the weapon. <laughs> the, the weapon on the outside, teddy bear on the inside. Right? <laughs> when we were doing radio, every few minutes we could listen to some music and collect our thoughts and then come back in and for two minutes we could kill it. What we have been doing here is like 30 minutes. Doing great. And then we're like, eh. So as I was doing last week's episode, it, there was that pause. It was like, we were doing everything, everything was going great, and then it was like, <sighs> what the heck are we going to do now? Did I tell you about the centipede? Um... I don't know if we have a uh, intro for centipede conversation, but <laughs> I'm listening. Tell me about the centipede. So the other morning I woke up getting ready for school. It's like 430 in the morning. I'm waiting for my coffee to brew. And I was like, I'm going to put my boots on before I head out. And I have like my foot halfway in my shoe. And I look up because I see movement and coming in under my door, <laughs> under my front door, this whole, I was like, that's not a roach. That's not a roach, <laughs> which <laughs> I'm terrified. It keeps coming. It keeps coming. I'm terrified of centipedes. <laughs> when, when you prefer the roach over something, that was my situation. And it just like came all the way in. I was like, that's moving way too fast. What is that? And right as it ran under my refrigerator, I was like, oh my God, that's a centipede. <laughs> so now... I just have a ring of salt around my refrigerator. <laughs> but not a millipede. No, 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 no. Centipede. Man. Millipedes are way worse, and I can feel it on my skin just thinking about it. I was fishing out the gutters at the barracks there in Siganilla. And I'm just, la, 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 not a, not a care in the world. Then I pick up this one clump of leaves with my bare hand, and all of the leaves moved. And this monster leaped out of the leaves that was in my hand. And I, I died right there. I had, I had a heart attack. I fell down. I died. Jesus loves me. Jesus brought me back to life. But it was only after I died because that millipede terrified me. Those are, those are dangerous looking creatures. The first time I ever saw one way too close for comfort. I was in choir in high school. And my choir director didn't really care for him. Um, (laughs) But I saw something moving behind him on the floor. And so I look at my friend Mason and I'm like, what is that? And they're like, "Uh, is it a snake? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) And it's moving fast. And then we get in trouble for talking. And I was like, ah, but at your feet. And he looks down and we all see it we all see all the legs just going everyone screams i'm on the third floor riser so i am feeling safe because i'm up high (laughs) and i watch it run right under the risers and i was like i can never get down i live here now (laughs) this is my new home (laughs) they're so big 
with so many legs. Why are they so colorful? Oh my God. I, oh, it's in my pants. I know it is. <laughs> God bless it. Out of all of the creatures on God's green earth, what is the one that terrifies you the most? I don't like them. Terrifies me. Anything that lives in the ocean because I can't see it. And I like to be in the ocean. <laughs> there are some wild things in the ocean, man. <laughs> I think uh, anglerfish. Uh, those things are weird. I think those are the... <laughs> Just you know, is if you if you think that there's some kind of uh, if there's some type of thought process in evolution, like uh, you know, so you got this fish and he's down there in the deep blues, and you know they're not doing really well, so they're starving, you know, because they don't have a gimmick, they don't have a way of catching food, and a group of them gets together, you know, you know what'd be really cool. Is if we had like some bioluminescent antenna hanging out of the top of our head. That'd be really cool. And of course, they die for their starvation. But they keep having this meeting and keep making this suggestion that uh, to have an antenna that glows in the dark where there is no light could attract fish and they could eat and they wouldn't die. And then they die. And this would have to go on generation after generation after generation. The mere suggestion that this needs to occur so that they could eat. If that's how <laughs> evolution works. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, like, did one just think I need a, I need a flashlight on my face I, yeah, so I can oh, live? Was, like, yeah, it was a series <laughs> of meetings. It's like, you don't know this, but the giraffes were originally the size of ponies. So what is, what is the human evolution? <laughs> what are we at? What are we asking for? I don't need a flashlight on my face. Well, we, we have, we have chosen less hair. Uh, we had a couple of meetings and we got rid of, you know, most of the hair on our bodies. And uh, when we can't get rid of the hair of our bodies, we could pay somebody to get rid of the rest of the hair on our bodies. Um, the What's next for us? The appendix, they say, isn't really necessary. So that should be disappearing in a couple of generations. Personally, I think the appendix is very important. It helps us get rid of weak people. And if, <laughs> and if anybody, I, I know people who've had their appendix exploded and of course some of them have died, but others have survived. And it, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. So uh, I'm thinking about you, Eric or Jeremy, whichever, which one of you it was that had that issue. <laughs> I remember, I remember when that happened to Zach in Sevilla and they, he couldn't speak enough Spanish at the like urgent care clinic that he went to. And uh, they just, they're like, I don't know. So they gave him some antacids. <laughs> and then the next day he like finally, and there was a strike on the train. So they couldn't get back right away. Finally, they got back to uh, Rhoda and he's like, I'm going to go to the ER. And he calls me. He's like, Hey, tell them I'm not coming in today. I'm having surgery instead. <laughs> It was strange because normally uh, appendicitis is something that normally affects younger people. Um, so how old was Zach roughly when his happened? Late 20s? Late 20s. Right. And and my friend, I don't remember if it was Jeremy or if it was Eric. It may have been Jeremy. 
but it could have been Eric. I don't remember. It was one of the two warrant officers that I worked with in, in Rota. One of them, Appendix, exploded. And they were well into their 30s, late 30s, early 40s. It's, is there's, you think there's some correlation that maybe there's a secret ingredient in Spain we weren't taking into account that there was <laughs> that could be triggering? It sure I don't know. My, my cousin, my cousin had to have hers removed like last year or something, and she's older than me, so I don't know. Oh, now I, uh, I want to. I just, it's like a testicular. But she was in. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's something that has to do with uh, the closeness to military bases because you know they were on Guam. <laughs> could be. Could be. I mean. I had my tonsils out for 10 years during the Navy and it grew back. So who knows? Story. <laughs> it's in the water. It's in that weird water. <laughs> the more it's a tumor. It's a tonsil. <laughs> the more probable story is they didn't take them out when they said they were taking them out. Oh, no. I just have one. <laughs> just one grew back. He got, he got, he got all of it on one side. I'm going to say the wrong word. I always say the wrong word because I'm not a doctor. It's not the uh, uvula. What is the thing that hangs down in the back of the throat? There, the little punching bag. Uvula. Oh, what did I always used to get that confused with? Well, you know. Anyway. Those are a sad confusion for you, my friend. <laughs> well, I mean, it took me probably 10 years to say, to say, I almost said it wrong, uh, Fuddruckers correctly. Yeah. <laughs> That's not still I, around, is it? I can never get it right. I don't think it's around. Anyway. So I have nothing in the uh, food categories for this week. I did buy a turkey. For whatever reason, my, my mother-in-law thinks the, the normal 16 to 18 pounder I would get wasn't enough. So uh, I got a 24-pound bird. Uh, I cook my bird in the bag. It is a technique that I have specialized. Do you cook I, it in hot water? I do not. I do not put the bird in hot water <laughs> inside a bag. I put the bird inside a bag, and I put that bag inside the oven, and it cooks faster. It's the. It's super moist. It's super tasty and delicious. This is going to be the first time in a very long time that I'm cooking in an American size oven. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 one of the reasons I always bought a smaller turkey was my Spanish oven couldn't handle a bigger turkey. So I got that. I picked up my potatoes. I, I picked up my sweet potatoes and my, and my white potatoes. I don't want to call them white potatoes. That sounds racist. I picked up my sweet potatoes and my uh, not-so-sweet potatoes. Uh, the regulars. I, the regulars. <laughs> I don't know what's on the hors d'oeuvres menu. If you were going, all right. So a lot of my friends have. have hors a lot of my friends have specialized in the um, deep fried turkey. <laughs> deep fried turkey is delicious. My dad did one one year and involved a pulley system for direct precise lowering into the fry pot it's hilarious it was delicious that is important yes it is properly (laughs) thawing your turkey drying properly (laughs) drying properly placing your turkey into the boiling vat of oil and placement of the oil vat are all critical components to deep frying a turkey is it delicious yes is it the best way to cook a turkey probably not it's just cooking turkey and grease it's really not good for you at all 
but it is delicious, which is, is how you know it's not good for you. It's because it's delicious. Yeah, and uh, and definitely do it far enough away from your house that when it goes up in flames, your house doesn't go up in flames. I changed the light switch this weekend. It was a very proud moment for me. I was so proud of myself. I took the, the thing off. I took the thing out. I put a new thing in. And then I questioned myself severely. So I called somebody I knew who was smart and showed them some pictures. And they said, do not turn the power on. Do not turn the power on. <laughs> Because what I had done was really, really wrong. And they guided me through the process and I connected it properly. And now I can turn on a switch in all of the outlets in my bedroom. All of the bottom outlets in my bedroom work. One switch, all of them. Whereas before, on that same panel, there was a button and a lever. And, and you had to do some secret magical combination to get them to work right. And I could never figure it out. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't worth the issue. It's now a switch. And I'm very happy with my switch. I did something manly. Anyway. Is there any Thanksgiving Day advice that you would like to give from your semi-professional opinion of what people should know? Like, don't forget the broccoli cheese casserole, because that's really important. That's solid advice. Or just in general. <laughs> like, cheese casserole. Literally my favorite thing. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you mean? Advice on what? Just general if Thanksgiving. If your family annoys you, go in the bathroom, play on your phone, and if they say anything, tell them that their food made you have to poop real bad. Okay, all right. She's a, uh, yeah. Fi uh, if necessary, find yourself a safe place. A safe place. And uh, an option for safe places are bathrooms with your phone for entertainment. There you go. That's good Thanksgiving advice. Uh, I am, uh, I would give out this as general Thanksgiving advice. If you are a violent drunk, this is not the day to socially drink with your family. <laughs> It's not a day for drinking if that's who you are. Right. Self-awareness is important. Yes. If you're a violent drunk, you should drink alone and then just beat yourself. <laughs> or maybe so if you're a violent drunk, maybe you should just give that up because those two things are not good. Nope. That's the kind of guy who gets in an argument with somebody on Facebook. Baka, 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 slamming keys and then jumps in their car while they're fit chased and races down the road to go confront this person who severely offended them only to, you know, kill a bunch of school children in a crosswalk on a Saturday night. And what those kids were doing on a Saturday night, I don't know. Trick or treating. <laughs> Do you have any headlines for me? Oh, I have. I have one. Ready? I am ready. Broken toilet seat means SpaceX crew is stuck using diapers. <laughs> Broken toilet seat means SpaceX crew is stuck using diapers. Taking a poo in outer space is in of itself a challenge. The uh, microgravity makes poo particles float everywhere if not properly encaptured 
through an engineered device. So it isn't so much the fact it's the toilet seat itself. It's not like the like you know when you have a broken toilet seat and you sit on it and it pinches your skin. You're like, ow, god, that hurts. But you don't replace it for a couple of years because toilet seats are too expensive for you. And really, as long as you sit down kind of slow, you can avoid the pinch. It's not that kind of toilet. We're talking about a toilet seat cover. We're talking about a toilet seat that, you know, uh, it has to close, has to make a seal so that the, the mechanism inside can suck all that poo juice into a vacuum sealed bag so that uh, Mark Wahlberg could later use it to grow potatoes on Mars. Those kind of things. That wasn't Mark Wahlberg. It would have been a better movie if it was. That book is amazing, though. <laughs> One of my favorite books. <laughs> Not enough guns either for Mark Wahlberg. Not enough guns on Mars. I don't know. I think the Wahlbergs are now the new Kardashians. Except, thank <laughs> God, there's no sex tapes. So, wait a second. Jenny McCarthy's technically a Wahlberg. I'd watch that. <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, Jenny McCarthy and and Donnie or Marky or Freddie, I don't know, one of those Wahlberg boys married to her. And uh, they got a show like when Jenny loves Chachi or whatever the heck that is. And then uh, the Wahlbergers, they, you know, the, the restaurant chain, they've got their own TV show. And there's probably a, a couple other keeping up with the Wahlbergers. I don't know. They got, a, they got a bunch of TV shows out there right now, especially if you're watching Antenna TV, you know. For people like me who have successfully cut the cord, we have to watch what other crap is being broadcast to aliens. Um, I, you know, so they say a TV signal will continue to transmit through space ad infinitum so that long after this planet is gone, I Love Lucy will make it to Zyron 9, you know, uh, in a couple of billion years. And then in Zyron 9, they'll be going like, oh, Ricky, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but if, i mean we've been broadcasting tv for you know not even a hundred years but uh, it's good to know that in in 2021 the tv that we're broadcasting out to space is is gomer pile uh united states marine corps and alice alice she was she was great and and bonanza and uh gun smoke uh and a lot of religious channels and a lot of uh, sales channels. That's what you get when you cut the cord. You get to you get to watch old TV shows. And apparently, they made enough wipeouts that there's like a 24-hour-a-day wipeout channel. <laughs> Sad. Uh, yeah, I think I explained astronaut pooping somewhere along the way. And thank goodness it's space. Is that what we were doing? <laughs> Thank you. Let's just try to bring it back. Thank goodness it's SpaceX because uh, my company, Virgin Galactic, has not run into a broken toilet seat issue right now. Although we do issue diapers and and uh, you know we give you a little vomit bag to go up there with you. Tickets tickets to go into low Earth orbit with Virgin Galactic are two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per person. The waiting list is like five years long. So go ahead and get your tickets now. Uh, remember, those proceeds go indirectly, one way, shape, or another. Back to me, shareholder, Virgin Galactic, guy who bought in early because he realized the visionaire of uh, Branson was going to be a good thing. Going to get my free flight one day. <laughs> you could hang out there in space with Lucy and Gomer Pyle. 
<laughs> no, they've got such a head start on me. <laughs> they are they are way far advanced. So with our radio broadcast, uh, when we were doing terrestrial radio, our radio broadcast is being transmitted the same way as the TV shows. So our voices will be heard by distant aliens in the future. Well, that's terrifying. But as we transition to podcasts, none of this is actually being transmitted. So, I mean, they're going to miss just basically the best years ever. They're going to miss it. They'll probably get this version of it. The Wi-Fi version of us talking randomly across spit time and space. No, but they won't get this. edit their version. Imagine, you know, after all the humans are dead and a, a future species comes to this planet. And when they come to this planet... You know, they, they see all the remnants of things that were left behind, depending on their timing. If they don't time it correctly, they won't see anything. The Earth will basically eat up anything that ever existed as the tectonic plates continue to shift. Everything that's on the surface will be below the surface. But imagine AirPod fossils. One day the air aliens come along and they find these. And what I'm showing to Chickman right now is just a tiny little uh, USB disc. Just one of these. And in this little thing is like everything in my life, all of my pictures and all of my memories, basically my consciousness in still form right there. There's no way they would ever figure out how to get the information off of this thing. Right. It's going to be our version of the pyramids. <laughs> but what is it? What does it do? How does it work? And in uh, 1972, we launched Voyager off into space. And you ever want to see what a bunch of whacked out, drug-infused hippie scientists can put together? They put on this. They, they put on Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 this disc that is like, the, this is how amazing the humans are. And they, they put like pictures of what a man would be anatomical and then a woman what an anatomical woman would be and, and the the model for the man and the woman are the two hippie drugged out scientists who came up with the whole concept they throw some music on a golden uh, record and then they conclude uh, a record player i don't know what the power source is they launch this thing off into space and a couple eons from now, somebody's going to find it, and they're never going to understand what the message was because uh, they decided that uh, carbon dating was the best way to share math and complex. It's just it's insane, and only LSD would help make uh, people uh, come up with this as a good idea. But I really think they missed the mark in that if we ever thought aliens were going to see this, then. If the government was ever going to lie about one thing, the thing we send to the aliens to find out about us should have been a giant lie. It shouldn't have been, you know, <laughs> a man is five foot ten. He's got no built in defense <laughs> systems. It should have been like a cyborg, and like 30 feet tall with guns ablazing and uh, all everything we ever knew about aliens. It should have been put inside that character. They failed miserably. Ow. Yeah, but the highly evolved alien will be like, well, we need to grow knife hands and bullet feet and gun feet, you know, because they could probably do it faster and flashlights on their faces. Well, yeah, exactly. Maybe they have better meetings and they, they get the hair <laughs> off their bodies and they get the antenna coming out of their head in like three generations instead of 100 generations. If we were going to suggest anything for the human race, uh, for our evolutionary thing, collectively, what do we need to start telling our bodies? We should all be taller. We should all be thinner. 
We should all live longer. I want to be thinner, though, because I'm not be colder. I'm already cold. I think that I'm going to tell my body the fat that I have needs to be better insulation because I don't feel like it's keeping me warm. <laughs> if I have to be fat, I want it. I'm very buoyant and I will appreciate it for that. I can't drown. Impossible. <laughs> but I want it to keep me warmer. Come on, thighs. Keep me warmer. Yeah, give, me, give me some of that pink panther insulation. <laughs> I want to be a penguin. Oh, my goodness. Where did the time go? Hey, uh, so we talk, We only had one headline. And then I kind of went on the, the Voyager 1, Voyager 2 thing for the other one. Uh, this is not a headline. This is just kind of like a not even a public service announcement. Uh, as If you are anywhere near Sargent, Nebraska, real place, if you're anywhere near Sargent, Nebraska on the 24th of November, the day before Thanksgiving, 8 p.m., uh, Will C. and uh, Stephen uh, Peters, We'll be at Mr. Rudy's Restaurant and Drinkery. That's in Sargent, Nebraska. I, uh, I'm going to give him a plug because why not? Why not? I don't know who else is performing on Thanksgiving uh, Eve, but Will is, and I'm going to share that information. We were going to talk about reaction videos and podcast reviews, but we ate up all that time. I'm going to say if you're not listening to podcasts, there's some good podcasts out there for you to listen to. Uh, the Darrell McLean Show is a good one. Uh, it just gives you a different perspective from a different kind of guy. The Whiskey Brothers podcast is uh, Slade Ham and his crew. Uh, they, they will make you laugh on occasion. And, and, and if you're really... <laughs> I'm going to give Patrick Melton a shout out here. I'm going to tell you, uh, Nobody Likes Onions podcast is not for the faint at heart. But Patrick has been doing podcasting longer than anybody I know. He's very good at it. He's been very successful at it. And he, even though he crosses many, many lines, he has a great product out there just to listen to. And I know in comparison, because I've been listening to other podcasts, just trying to find out how to fix things on ours. And there's a lot of not good stuff out there. <laughs> I can tell you, Whiskey Brothers and Nobody Likes Onions is, is really good. Uh, the Darrell McLean Show is, is interesting, but of course, he's got audio issues he needs to work on. You know it's true, Darrell. And uh, that's that. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show. It's called Birthday Burns. And as a general reminder, this is what Birthday Burns is all about. Uh, we want to celebrate our friends' birthdays, but we want to do it in a way that punishes them for making bad mistakes. Bad mistakes being you don't put your real birthday on the Internet for people to use and steal and do things like birthday burns. So as not to offend anyone in particular, I uh, say birthday burns for Christina's birthday friends, and she does them for my birthday friends. I usually write my birthday burns in advance so that even if I do clo come close to home, I know nothing about you and don't get upset and if you do well as my old man used to say tough <laughs> uh, who wants to go first you want to go first oh yes i'll go first <laughs> uh a longtime friend of mine one of the one of the manliest men that i know uh i'm gonna give you my friend jack o'brien jack o'brien Jack O'Brien, the Jackoff, birthday burn. <laughs> so lame, birthday burn. The lamest of birthday burns. Let me tell you about Jack. Jack is a real life alligating wrestler man. He wrestles alligators. He's just, he's just tough. He's just a man's man. 
He's such a man that uh, recently while wrestling an alligator, he captures this alligator. He throws it in the back of his truck. He drives to the nearest stoplight and has a heart attack and dies. Luckily, right behind him was a police car that noticed that when the light turned green, the car didn't move forward. So when they went up to investigate, they yanked him out. They performed CPR on him. They put him on a helicopter ride and they saved my friend's Jack's life. An amazing story in that this, Jack's job is to relocate alligators. So he captures them and he takes them back into the woods in the, uh, the, the, the very scary parts of the base down there in Georgia. And he releases them. If my friend had not timed his heart attack perfectly, he would have been in the backwoods with nobody around when he released the alligator and then had his heart attack. Nobody would have been there to save him, but the alligators, they would have remembered. They would have, had, they would have been dinner. And that would have been a horrible episode of Dateline because Jack's wife, a beautiful woman by Angie, she would have been accused. They always accuse the spouse. And well, it's course, always the spouse. They're going to look at the phone records. They're going to see the insurance policy recently doubled. They're going to know these things. <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been Alligator King instead of Tiger King. And the uh, pandemic would have looked a lot different. I'm just saying maybe making, he messed it up for everybody. I don't making know. Making up for your lame burn. I gave a good story. Here we go. I'm going to uh, No, That was mine. So who you got for me? Ryan Taylor. Ryan with an R. Yes. Wow. My translator, uh, his name was Brian, and I said, I could draw your name. And I went up on the whiteboard, and I just drew some squiggly lines and put some dots, and he laughed. He said, that's very close. That is Ryan. And then he put another dot, and he goes, that's Brian. True story. Let me tell you about, <laughs> let me tell you about Ryan um, Taylor. Ryan is actually lopsided. People don't know this. People think that he walks cool because, you know, they think Ryan's cool. Not true. His left leg is like one inch shorter than his right leg. If you put a blindfold on him, he would walk in circles all day long. That's right. He's lopsided. He's a lefty and he's lopsided. His name is Ryan. His name is Ryan. And that's another weak birthday burn. Uh, now, do you, do you want to make up? With a, with a cool story about Ryan, or we're just moving on to the next one? <laughs> Move on to the next one. Uh, when I speak of manly men, this guy comes to mind. If a, manly human, an alligator if, if a human had sex with a bear, they would have created this guy. <laughs> and I only say that is my friend Glenn Williams who you do not know, but I can assure you, has the largest hands on any human I ever met. The man has giant hands. And, uh, and now that I've warmed you up with a birthday roasting, you're going to finish off with a birthday burn. You know what they say about a guy with big hands. <laughs> no, what? Drives a big truck. You know what they say about a guy who drives a big truck, right? <laughs> no, what? Small. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Birthday burn. Birthday burn. All right, who's my last one? <laughs> Morgan Fisher. I'm going to make this real simple. Morgan, there's a family secret no one wants to tell you. You're adopted. Birthday burn. <laughs> 
It's even worse than just being adopted. She was adopted at like the the no kill adoption. <laughs> she was at a no kill shelter, and <laughs> she <laughs> she didn't get adopted until she was like fourteen, and she doesn't even realize she was adopted. She just grew up in a no kill shelter and just thought that was her home. And then you know when the people came to get her, they convinced her that her, that was her family all along. And that's been the that's been the secret. No, you weren't born and then put into a no kill shelter by the same family. A different family adopted you. Deep family secret uprooted birthday burn. <laughs> yeah, you know what? As tragically horrible as those are, they're fun to do. So we're doing them. No one's complained yet. It gives us a couple of minutes of content. It's funny. Here's, uh, here's what we do also want to talk about. We say it all the time, those friends of ours who are also having birthdays, who are sharing their birthdays on the internet like they shouldn't, but they're really good people. And one of them is Delbert Terrell. Great guy. A fantastic guy. Currently the uh, senior enlisted man in the world of the CB, soon to be replaced by Mr. Larry Sharp. Uh, who we've already done a birthday bird on. So it's funny that we didn't do one on Dell, but uh, Dell gets a pass. Thea Vidal, she's a, she's got a birthday this week. Ken Runyon, Marcus Dismuke. Wow. Oh, Mrs. Jack. That's Tegan? Right. No, Angelica. No, Tegan. Oh, yeah. Tegan and her twin sister. I wish they would have been twins that were born like, you know, at 1159 and at 0001. <laughs> they didn't have the same birthday and they could always yell at each other well they always yell at each other now but uh like what's the difference <laughs> right i shared a womb with you for nine months i don't want you being my facebook friend that's pretty much every twin these days <laughs> this is my space and the right identical, which makes it even worse because every time you look in the mirror you're like god i hate my sister who looks just like me <laughs> no there's a lot of love there but there also is a lot of animosity but that happens with siblings it's normal it's healthy it is what it is all right ladies and gentlemen that's going to wrap it up for this week happy thanksgiving and i remind you today as i remind you every day if you're a wonderful person today all right ladies and gentlemen that wraps it up for this week happy thanksgiving to you all uh if the food is horrible and the beer is watered down just remember you're with family you're with friends you're with people that you love and people who love you so love each other unconditionally and wave it really was a great thanksgiving you know what try to try to do that more in your life try to be more loving so that you'll be more loved and I remind you now, as I remind you every chance I get, be the best person that you can be. And if you were a great person today, be an even better person tomorrow. And don't forget that you are loved. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to T-Bone and Chick Brew. If you enjoyed that show, you should check out the Darrell McLean Show, independent media that won't reinforce tribalism. We have one planet and nobody's leaving, so let's reason together. You can find the Darrell McLean Show at the same place you actually listen to this show. Give it a shot.